This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Welcome to another episode of The Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Visa, Indeed, Regents Field, and Bet Online. Please don't forget to go check out all of our sponsors. So, some good news for the Lions, as Kenny Galladay has practiced on back-to-back days. Sure, it's been in a limited fashion, and Matt Patricia, when I asked him on Thursday how Kenny Galladay had looked on Wednesday... He basically said, yeah, he did some individual stuff and he looked good doing individual stuff. So it doesn't sound like he's done a lot of teamwork yet, but that's all right, I think, for a player of Galladay's caliber. The fact that he's on the field in back-to-back days, if he ends up being on the field again Friday, I think is a good sign that he's trending toward maybe playing on Sunday. And frankly, the Lions need him. Their offense has been without that deep ball with Galladay out, and that's been a major problem. Thought what Adrian Peterson said today about it being really a must-win game was pretty apt, and we've already talked about that a lot throughout the week, whether it was in the mailbag on Wednesday or in the five keys yesterday, of how important this game really is for the Lions, because you don't want to get into 0-3, and then you've got New Orleans coming in, and theoretically Michael Thomas might be back, and who knows if Desmond Trufant will play. The fact that Trufant practiced even on a limited basis on Thursday is potentially a sign he's getting closer to playing which the Lions desperately need him at this point because they need to figure out that cornerback situation so all of those signs are possibly positive for Detroit but it's not going to matter if they can't as we've talked about stop the run or stop the pass now some of these guys coming back will help potentially stop the run or stop the pass but until they figure that out they're going to be going into almost every game this year certainly every game with an explosive offense like Arizona has really in a whole boatload of trouble. And to preview the Cardinals and to kind of get a feel for what they might present and how all of that will go, we're going to have my ESPN colleague from the Cardinals, Josh Weinfuss, on the show, and he'll be coming up right after the break here in a minute or two. So really glad that Josh was able to join us, and he breaks down the evolution of Kyler Murray, what DeAndre Hopkins has met, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and really a little bit of what Devon Kennard has brought to the Cardinals as well. And it sounds like he's actually playing well for Arizona after being very intermittently scattershot, in my opinion, with the Lions. So all of that coming up right after the break. Stick it here as we preview the Lions and the Cardinals on the Michael Rothstein Show. 
Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. Always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. And listen, even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Now, back to our show. My next guest on the Michael Rothstein Show covers the Arizona Cardinals for ESPN. He is my friend. I'm happy to have him here. Josh Weinfuss. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining from the desert. I'm jealous that you're about to get better weather for the next six months. Well, thank you, Michael. Um, it is an honor to be on the Michael Rossian show. I've been watching from afar for so long, and now to be part of this is a, is a true honor. <laughs> that is maybe the kindest intro that anyone has ever given this season, considering Dickerson asked me for a commemorative mug, and Domovsky then asked for a commemorative mug, of which those well, mugs don't a commemorative mug. They don't exist. <laughs> How about like one of those like twenty dollar gift cards to like a steakhouse that everyone used to get on the radio? What is that? Is that what Kimes giving out? Because that's you're not the first person who said. Uh-huh. Sorry, <laughs> right, let's get into this here. Right. Arizona Cardinals. They seem like a much different team than the team the Lions saw collapse to and tied in Week One last year. Is the difference mostly Kyler and the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, or is there more there than just those two? Oh, there's, there's much more than, than just those two. I mean, this defense was totally rebuilt this offseason. Um, you know, last year they lost two significant pieces on the defensive line during training camp, and they never replaced them. Well, this year they went out and not just replaced those two guys, they built um, a brand-new front seven, essentially. They gave Chandler Jones – who is arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL right now. A lot of help on the other side with a former Lion, Devon Kennard. They added Jordan Phillips um, on on the defensive line. Um, They drafted um, Isaiah Simmons, who really hasn't played – who didn't play much in week two, but he's still 
going to be a factor at some point. They signed Devondre Campbell, who um, is an inside linebacker who played for uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons last year. So they, they're able now to cover tight ends, which they haven't done in a while, get a lot of push up front, and then get a, get a good pass rush opposite of Chandler, which now allows him to kind of do his thing. You know, he's getting shipped a lot more this year, I've noticed, he's getting double teamed. But if there's a lot of tension being paid to him, those other guys are getting to the quarterback. So this defense is, is significantly better than it was a year ago. But obviously everyone wants to talk about this offense. Kyler Murray is the real deal. I expect him to be part of the MVP conversation um, definitely at the end of the year, if not pretty soon. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, freaking nature. I mean, unbelievable what he's, what he's able to do when he gets his hands on the football. Um, and, you know, and, and, and just look at who Kyler gets to throw to. A first ballot Hall of Famer in Larry Fitzgerald, possibly another first ballot Hall of Famer in DeAndre Hopkins. Kid's pretty lucky for 23 years old. And you didn't even, by the way, and we'll get into some of what you just said, but you didn't even mention Christian Kirk. And I, I think Christian Kirk has a ton of talent and a ton of upside. He does, he does. Um, his biggest issue is staying healthy. Uh, he's had injuries the last two seasons that have kept him off the field for some time. And then in week two in the Arizona's win over Washington, he um, had some soreness, looked like a hamstring uh, that could be a factor later on. We're not, you know, we're, we don't really know yet, but he, he's talented. He's talented. He is fast. They used him on um, a deep sideline route against Washington and led to a 40-plus yard uh, completion. But he just needs to stay healthy. And I think if he can stay healthy, he's going to be the biggest benefactor of DeAndre Hopkins getting to Arizona because – so much attention is going to be paid to DeAndre. Obviously, a lot of attention is being paid to Larry. And obviously, now teams have to not just defend Kyler's arm, they have to defend his run. So that's going to leave Christian Kirk, in my opinion, wide open pretty consistently. So if he can stay healthy and he can get involved more in the, in the game plan, he can have a big season. And just to be clear, we're recording this on Tuesday. This is going to – and it's now Friday when this is running. So we'll see what happens with Christian Kirk there. Yeah. But is part of that as well the – more consistent addition of Kenyon Drake. And that also gives them yet another weapon that we haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, I mean, we saw what Drake could do last year. But he also was given the ball a ton last year, right? So he, when he got here midseason, Arizona did not have a steady running game. David Johnson was, in the nicest possible terms, a mess last year. Um, he had not regained form from his great 2016 season. Uh, Chase Edmonds was playing well, then he got hurt. So then they went and traded for Kenyon Drake. Great eight games last year. And he just – it's been two, two weeks, and he really – he's been good. He's been consistent. He hasn't found that explosiveness that he had a year ago. But that's also to be expected because now there's so much tape on him that teams know what, what they're doing. But I still think that as this offense continues to spread the ball around, continues to be pretty dominant and explosive, that everyone's going to get – everyone's going to have huge games because at some point a defense isn't going to know who to defend. And especially if you have Kyler's ability to tuck and run, and not just tuck and run, tuck and score, it changes the entire game plan, I think, for a defense because you have to have someone spying him, but then that's the one last guy for him to, to have to worry about passing the ball. And it's just – when you really break it down, this offense is pretty good. So how would the Lions even go – Lions, which 28th in the league in defense, problems everywhere in the front seven, in the secondary. How do they even maybe go about trying to defend 
them. How have te- how have teams done it the first two weeks, at least attempting to do it with very well, little success? Oh well, I mean, the problem is the Cardinals have been hurting themselves with a lot of penalties and offense, and that's been a big issue. But if I'm a defensive coordinator, if I'm Matt Patricia, I try to take away two guys and let everyone else beat me. I try to take away DeAndre Hopkins, whether that's by bracketing him, just putting two guys on him, three guys on him, doing whatever you can do, and then making sure Kyler doesn't beat you with his feet. If you can take away those two, then you have a chance to win because the rest of the offense might not be that explosive without those two guys. Is that possible? I don't know. I think Kyler, you know, he, he finds these holes. He can make things, things happen. He make people miss. And DeAndre Hopkins' catch radius is just so big and his hands are so great that he just calls in these passes that you're like – that you didn't, you didn't think were catchable. So – Easier said than done, but that's how I would do it. With Kyler, could you see this coming this year, that leap he's taken? Was that something you maybe saw toward the end of last year, or is this somewhat of a surprise to you even? Um, no, we saw it coming towards the end of last season. You saw him kind of start to understand what was happening to him. I think that was the biggest thing. He understood what these defenses were throwing at him, what they were doing, and he even said if he can get a whole offseason of studying NFL defenses, he will, he will be better this year. And that's exactly what happened. Um, all, both, he had two touchdown runs against Washington a week two. They were both by design. Cliff called them. So you can kind of sense that he understands what his – a better sense. He has a better sense of what his role is. He has a better understanding of how not to get sacked. Uh, he was good about that last year, but he still had 50 sacks. He's throwing the ball away more. He's um, taking off a little bit quicker, I think, this year. Um, and he's, But at the same time, he's not trying to force plays when they're not there. And he's getting down or, you know, he took a couple of coverage sacks last week that I don't think he would have taken a year ago. So you can just see the evolution of a quarterback. Um, but, no, I did, to answer your question succinctly, yes, I did expect this kind of leaping from year one to year two. You mentioned something we were talking before about kind of the changes that have been made, not to switch over to defense, but last year TJ Hawkinson had so, what is so far the best game of his career in his first game. He's a tight end. What do they do now that maybe will prevent TJ Hawkinson from having another big game in Arizona? They line up Devondre Campbell on him. And Campbell is an inside linebacker. I don't know how tall he is off the top of my head, but you know, over six feet. Um, 250 plus big dude, but he can cover. I've been extremely impressed with how um, well he's, he's been able to cover sideline to sideline this year. We've seen a lot in the backfield, seen a lot dropping in the coverage. And so much was been, was so much was made about Simmons during training camp. that I think uh, Devondre Campbell was overlooked quite a bit in my opinion. And now what we're seeing what he can do on a weekly basis, it's, it's showing that, you know, this guy's got some talent. He has some talent, and I think he's going to be the biggest factor against tight ends for Arizona. And we all know um, anyone who's either played against the Cardinals or followed this team understand that tight ends have eaten this team alive for years. And I think that's, that's going to change this year. You mentioned Isaiah Simmons. In Detroit, that was a guy that I thought they should really consider at number three because I thought he'd be a really versatile chess piece for Matt Patricia. Obviously, they went with Jeff Okuda. What has Simmons done in Arizona? You said he hasn't played a ton. So maybe why has that been? And, and where do you think they're going to use him, whether it's this week or down the road? Yeah. Um, so he played six snaps in week two. And one of those snaps came in the last two and a half quarters. So I think what we're seeing is 
a really, really, really good, if not an excellent college player, a very versatile college player who's trying to figure out life in the NFL. He's trying to figure out NFL speeds. He's trying to figure out NFL quickness. I mean, week one in San Francisco, he got um, crossed over essentially by um, Mostert, who took it 76 yards to the house. So I think we're going to see him brought along slowly. And I think that's necessary. I think that there are going to be areas of his game that Arizona will be able to utilize immediately. But at the same time, that you know, the way they want to use him is not too dissimilar to how they use him at Clemson. They're not going to put him at, you know, five positions and have him play 100 snaps at five positions. He's going to be an inside linebacker who's going to be able to rush the passer at times, be able to drop back in coverage, going to be able to drop, back, drop out and cover tight ends. But I think they, they need him to understand that this is what it takes to play in the NFL. And that's, that's not easy. You know, that you, you, you've covered this game for a long time. Like, it takes some guys a long time to figure that out. So that might take them the whole season. Um, but I think, you know, this week, they're probably going to work them in the same way. You know, little by little, give them some opportunities early. And if they don't see what they like, sit them on the bench. And just like they did in week two. But the way that Devontae Campbell's been playing has kind of been easy. It's made it easy for Arizona to not play Simmons. With Simmons, you think that it's a situation where, you know, you always hear this in basketball, and you cover basketball for a long time as well, that you take a guy and even if you might want to play him at multiple positions, you need him to get really, really good at one position first before you expand that skill set. Is that what they're trying to do, or are they trying to kind of cross-train him in so many different facets that it might slow his development? I think they're trying to primarily train him as an inside linebacker. And work him as inside linebacker. It might be, I think at this point, maybe a 70-30 split. So let him get all these reps at inside linebacker. But when needed, roll him out to cover a tight end. Let him drop back. Let him rush the passer. Um, but I think from what, you know, what we've seen in the first two weeks, he's going to need to learn the NFL game at inside linebacker uh, more than they probably thought he was. You know, he's not, he's not adapting quick enough. So th- that might turn into a 90-10 or 95-5 or even a 100-0 split just to kind of get his, his legs under him. You mentioned Devon Kennard before. Obviously, Lions fans are very familiar with him, the former team captain that was cut when they signed Jamie Collins. How has Devon Kennard looked so far in Arizona, which for those who don't remember is where he grew up and a place that he still basically lived in the offseason? He's looked good. You know, he had his first sack as a Cardinal last week. Um, but he's, he, he's he, I think he's more athletic than people realize. You know, he can, he can get out in coverage if he needs to. He can drop. Um, and he, obviously he can rush the passer. And he is a very good complement for Chandler Jones, who Matt Patricia knows so well from their days together in New England. Um, but they're, they're creating quite a one-two punch. But, but, but Kennard, I mean, he has – a, a, a quiet work ethic about him. And what I noticed during camp and the first couple of weeks, he takes this very seriously and more so than I've noticed with, with, with um, a lot of other guys. But I think overall, I mean, he's, he's a very good number two pass rusher and that's exactly the role he needs to be here. Is, it, is he standing up all the time as a rusher or does he have his hand down at all? Because it, in Detroit, he pretty much always played standing up. Um. I'll be honest, I haven't paid that close of attention to it, but I have been I, – I, my, my guess, if I had to go back and look at the film, I, say, I would say it's mostly standing up. Um, but at the same time, I mean, 
he has, like I've noticed Chandler's hand in the ground a bunch, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of of that going on with 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 um, Kennard on the other side. You mentioned obviously Chandler. You mentioned Chandler Jones a few times now. Is he still the same level of player that the Lions have seen over the last couple of years, or has he taken another step this year to maybe even get better? Yeah, um, I think he's probably right around that, still around that that, that same level. Um, he, he's always adding moves and tweaks to his game. He only has one sack this year so far. Uh, I think a lot of that had to do last week with Dwayne Haskins getting the ball up very quickly and then making it a point to – and then being the Washington football team, making it a point to not let him get to the backfield. Um, but the one thing that he has done the last couple of years – is shorten his stride because he's like 6'5", 6'6", um, 265, and three of his strides go seven, seven and a half yards. So he would normally be past the quarterback. And one thing that Vance Joseph worked with him on, the Cardinals defense coordinator, was shortening that stride in order for him to get to the quarterback without passing him. And he's been able to do that. Now, obviously last year, Chandler had 19 sacks, um, you know, on pace for eight this year but he's the type of guy that can go have two three sacks again um and the one thing that he does well that i think you know helps him a lot is he, he doesn't necessarily need to or want to bring down the quarterback he just wants to get the ball out of their hand which is obviously considered a strip sack so he's very good at that he has long um long arms he does a lot of jumping at the line of scrimmage um but is he any better than he was week one last year probably but he still has such a high level that I don't. I think at this at this point of his career, uh, an improvement is so small, but it makes such a big difference. If that makes sense, it does. Going back to offense, you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald last year. You mostly saw the Lions mostly saw him be kind of that inside receiver. Is that still where he is now, or are they moving him around again? And did the addition of DeAndre Hopkins change his role at all? Yes to both. He's still inside. Um, he will primarily be an inside guy uh, the rest of his career. I mean, he, Bruce Arians moved him inside to the slot back in 13 and um, when Arians got to Arizona, and it basically revitalized Larry's career. He had 3,000-yard seasons after that because he's playing with a good quarterback in Carson Palmer. Um, 18 and 19 were drop-offs, but he still played inside, and I think that's what he's going to continue with, with, Car- um, with Kyler. I think we're going to see, you know, but the way that, that Cliff runs his offense is the hit version of the air raid, these guys can line up everywhere, you know, and, but being an outside guy in Cliff's offense doesn't necessarily mean you're going to run a fly route. It means that you are going to do all sorts of mashing and, and crossing and all that stuff. Um, but I think we're going to see Larry line up mostly as um, an inside, inside guy. And then with Hopkins addition, I think what it does mainly is it takes a lot of pressure and attention off of Larry Fitzgerald because Larry once was the best receiver in football and while he's a surefire Hall of Famer, he's not the best football receiver in football anymore. He's great. He has great hands, but just not – he's 37, not that dominant anymore. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins is that dominant, you know? So I think that by having a guy of his caliber on the field next to Larry Fitzgerald, it's, it's going to open up the field for Larry. He hasn't been utilized as much as I expected him to be the first two games, but that's because DeAndre Hopkins has been such a target for Kyler Murray and so productive. I think that will continue. But I do expect at some point in the season for Larry's production to start increasing because of the opportunities um, that will come his way. 
Kind of following on that a little bit with Kyler and with the offense with Cliff, are they at the point now where they're really good at figuring out that one matchup they want to exploit and going after it? Or is it still, or is it more of just kind of, we're going to run what we're going to run? I think they are um, at that point. I think Cliff has always been at that point. It was just a matter of executing it. And I think after having a year in his offense, a year and a half in his offense, if you will, I think that they are, have a better understanding of what they're doing. Um, remember, Kyler has run this type of spread offense uh, and this type of area since he was 15. So he understands the nuances. His high school coach, his first high school coach, Dick Olin, went to see Cliff talk at a coach's um, convention in Lubbock, Texas, when Cliff was at Texas uh, Tech. And then he brought that, that, that version of the air raid back with him to um, Kyler's first high school when he was a freshman. So he's been running this for eight years now. So he understands the nuances. So when Cliff finds a mismatch or when Kyler sees a mismatch, they are well-equipped to um, exploit that. And that's what they've been doing more so this year than last year. Is Patrick Peterson still the same level of player that he's been? Because you kind of don't hear as much about him anymore. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, um, he's 30. So I think that's – I think age is starting to take maybe a, 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 a second or two off him – off his step, if you will. Um, he's he's still he's still good. He's still great. Um, is he as dominant as he was two years ago? I, it's still too early to see. You know, obviously, he had, last season was such an anomaly for him because he missed six games due to um, – a suspension for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. But then when he came back, he just wasn't the same player because he didn't have kind of that, that ramp-up. Obviously, didn't have that ramp-up this year either. So um, I think we're going to see him kind of hit his stride weeks four, five, six, seven. But what he does bring to this defense, and I don't think that'll change, is that quarterbacks are still scared to throw to him, and that takes away half the field. So is he going to be a pro bowler? Still too early to, to, to see, but um, – He's, I think he's let up a few more passes than we would have expected him to at this point this season, but um, he's still talented. He's still good, and he still intimidates quarterbacks. So what do you think happens Sunday? Let's just get right down to it. I think that the Cardinals put up 35, 40 points, and the Lions don't. I think they <laughs> will hold the Lions to less than three touchdowns, and it's going to be a route. Wow. Is that just because of the offense, or you think that at this point they're just at a different level than Detroit totally? A little bit of both. I think this offense is is finding its stride little by little. I think they're making tweaks and adjustments every week that make them better. But I think this defense is going to really kind of put the vice on Matthew Stafford and the rest of of the Lions offense, and I think they're going to make it very difficult. Uh, They're going to make life very difficult on Sunday. Is there one area you think that Detroit can exploit if you look at Arizona? Like, where, where can they be maybe picked apart potentially? I think it's the cornerback opposite of Patrick Peterson. You know, and that with Byron Murphy, second-year cornerback out of Washington, um, still figuring out life in the NFL. And you know, they, they replaced Robert Alford, who um, suffered a, a pec injury this this training camp and is out for the year with Drake Kirkpatrick, a little bit on the older side, um, still can give you some really good snaps. But I think if there was one area where Arizona can, or where Detroit can really attack the Cardinals, it might be there. Um, and I think if they can get, if they can go up tempo, I think against this, this, this offense. And I don't know how much they do or if they do at all. I think that could be um, an issue as well. 
So looking at that, I mean, would Patrick Peterson, if Kenny Galladay does indeed play, will Patrick Peterson, you think, travel with Galladay? Or are they going to play sides to where you kind of exploit the side and maybe they try to move Galladay to, to Murphy's side to if Galladay plays to yeah. take that off? Um, I, I would guess that they would travel Patrick with, with, with Kenny. I think that's just a matter of um, – no, I'll just say that. I'll say that. I'll say that they will travel him, yeah. So that would that would potentially mean that Marvin Jones could end up having a – he would have maybe the best shot of all the Lions players to have a big game, potentially. Potentially. But if he has a big game, I wouldn't – if he starts to have a big game, I wouldn't be surprised if they take Patrick off of Kenny and put him on Marvin. So you think they'd do that mid-game if they had think, to? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Hey, Josh, man, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And – uh I will not, unfortunately, see you Sunday. <laughs> I know it's unfortunate. It's too bad. I wish we could uh, we could get together like we have been the last like couple. Of, it seems like it seems like every year for the last like three or four years. Oh, this is a divisional game at this point. It really <laughs> is. I mean, this is they've been in Arizona definitely in every year of Matt Patricia's tenure. They've gone to Arizona. Yes, and then Arizona was in Detroit in seventeen. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think they were out there in 16 too, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It, it has been, I, they have played Arizona as much as they've played any non NFC North team in the league, at least you in my buy a house down here. Sure. Hey, Josh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Anytime, Mike. I want to thank my guest, Josh Weinfuss, for coming on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh Weinfuss. That's W-E-I-N-F-U-S-S. You can follow me on Twitter, as always, at Mike Rothstein. You can follow me on Instagram there as well. Check me out on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. I want to thank you all, as always, for listening to every podcast, for the feedback you've been giving, and let us know again who you want to hear from guest-wise in the future. We're going to get back to interviews here really kind of as soon as we possibly can. Don't forget to leave a five-star review if you'd be so kind, and download and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and with that, we will chat with you on Monday. The wait is over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and get, take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.